You're listening to Geek Girl Meets. Hello, you're joining the Geek Girl Meets podcast, where we sit down with an awesome woman in technology to unpick her career and pull together some insights and advice for you, our listener at home. Today, I am joined by Abby Mohammed, a software engineer and tech director of CG Ventures. Welcome, Abby. Hi. So first of all, what is CG Ventures? So we represent and invest in young founders from unrepresented areas and their startup career. So yeah, that's okay. what we do. Okay. Like one liner. Okay, cool. <laughs> she got briefed. It was like, keep it to one line, Abby. <laughs> we will delve deeper into what CG Ventures is doing over the course of the podcast. But before we get to that, when you were much younger, when you were little Abby, what did you want to be? That's a weird question. But like, I wanted to be a actor, actually. Yeah. So I really got inspired when I was younger. I was like watching MTV. I'm like, yes, I want to be on TV. I want to like look like those girls, want to be in movies. And yeah, realized I couldn't act though. So <laughs> really didn't work out. <laughs> the one barrier to entry there. That's quite exactly. key. <laughs> oh, we've all been there. I think at some point when I was younger, I wanted to be a singer I wanted to be an actress mm. and, and then eventually you're like oh, maybe I will do a podcast when I'm 29 years old and that'll be my way <laughs> of getting out into the public so you wanted to be an actress yeah now how do we go from wanting to be an actor when you're little mm-hmm. to being a software engineer so what's the what's the story that gets you to where you are today it's so long I'm doesn't gonna... matter yeah. we want the we want the keynotes okay keynotes so Acting wise, my parents are African, so they said no to me straight away. So they pushed me in education wise. So I was meant to go to through that route of being a, like a politician, right? So did economics at uni, international relationship with economics, and yeah, really enjoyed it. Went to Kenya for an internship, worked as a project officer. That's it. Yeah, so what that means is I was on the field in rural areas, you know, helping growth and resilience in the rural areas of like Kenya. And yeah, realized at that point, like I didn't really want to continue. So when I came back and I was doing my last year of uni, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had this like struck a moment saying to myself, like, is this something that I want to carry on? Didn't really do well at the end kind of got like all right grade and so what I did is I took a gap year after I finished uni went in retail had my little breakdown again and thought oh my god I'm gonna be here forever you're not (laughs) gonna be there forever (laughs) but you you do yeah yeah like for me personally I was in a phone shop so I was working in a phone shop and dealing with customers every day is enjoyable I like talking to people it's one thing that I love doing and most of my friends know that I'm a queen and networking but I was like oh my god I can't because you you go into self role and then every day it's like you have to hit that target mm-hmm. and then the next day is gone and you have to start from zero and doing that repeatedly again and again and again it gets it drains you it actually drains you so from that I decided okay sat down what am I good at and I realized like when I was like 17 18 I did IT in college as well and I was really good at like creating websites from HTML and CSS so I was like okay cool IT a lot of people talking about IT the jobs are going around from like 60k a year 
even though it's a lie, it doesn't start from there. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But it's that goal that we it's tell a... people. Yeah, it's so, oh my God. You only Google a job role. You're like, yes, that's the money I want. So I was like, okay, how do I get there? So I looked at the job description and it said computer science, computer science. I was like, okay, cool. I have a degree in international relations with economics. How do I turn that into computer science? So what I did, I saved up money from my retail job. So I'm very stingy, like what I do with money. I don't spend them, spend it really easily. So I invested that money into my master's and then I did a master's in the Monford. So I did a computer science master's at the Monford. And from that, I got into the tech world. Got my first role, worked there for a bit. It's been a year. So yeah, that's how I got into the IT industry. It's a bit weird. So where was your first role? My first role was with a council. So it's not in London based. It's more outside based, but it's different county councils. Not able, not able to mention names yet because again, yeah, security reasons. Okay, yeah. so basically, you work for like MI five or something super. No. Like. <laughs> Nothing fancy that's, like that. I that's promise. my that's my my go to whenever someone says, "Oh no, we can't talk about this." I'm like, "You're secretly James Bond." Okay, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So you you did the the masters and then you kind of fell into the tech world. Mm. How have you kind of got into the tech world in London? Oh. That's that's fun. So the tech world in London, what I did is because I lived outside London for work, I decided to like move back to London secretly away from work. So I started commuting because I realized like I didn't like just going to work. I wanted to meet people in the industry because I've heard if you talk to people, that's how you move up quickly. So I started attending loads of tech talks all across London. And then I realized there's a massive ecosystem, but it's like little bubbles. And I was trying to still find out which bubble I fit in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was particular groups of people that I really fitted in. So which groups did you end up kind of going along to? Like for anyone that's listening mm. who maybe isn't familiar with London at all, you know, yeah. somewhere else in Europe or the US. We do reach that far. Do we? <laughs> yeah, we do. If, uh, if someone's listening out there or they're looking at tech, what groups would you recommend that they have a look at going along to in terms of kind of community events in the space so for me because of my background i'm african i'm african by the way i really connected with like uk black tech Mm -hmm. so any events from them otherwise anything that's linked with like ga so that's general assembly tech talks or they have like little quick sessions where you can sit down code for the day generally those events are free anything free best place for me, yeah, the first thing that I did, I joined London Campus in Liverpool Street, got myself a membership, and it's a amazing area where startups sit down and they do loads of events in the evenings, and you get to like connect with loads of different people, and yeah. Okay, that's really really good tips. So you know you've been in the scene now for mm. a year or so. So after kind of hanging out and, and going mm. along to all of these events which by the way side note I mean with the free events you basically never have to buy a meal again I know <laughs> I know they give you free wine that's, that's, that's the biggest incentive for you to go all, all the incentive you need to come to a yeah. long to attack event in the evening there's free booze and oh, crisps or oh, sometimes and, pizza yes 
I went to a really good one where they had pizza that was donated by Vapianos. Oh, uh, yeah. I know the one you mean. Yeah. 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 So if you are like me, I'm quite young, really don't have that much money to spend yet. I'm growing there. And you don't want to pay London prices for alcohol because it's really, really expensive. Yeah. Just, just pre-drink at tech events. <laughs> <laughs> that's my biggest advice that's, I, I think that's great advice I'm pretty sure that's what I did for many 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 years as well it's like oh yeah going out tonight oh it's a tech event beforehand mm. I'll learn something and I'll get a couple of free drinks anyway not not to carry on endorsing alcohol for much longer on oh, this podcast sorry guys <laughs> but you know after you kind of spent some time in the community and everything mm-hmm. you know how has that shifted what you're up to you know how do we get to the point where you are software engineer and your tech director of cg ventures so why did i went to this these tech events and then i met my co-founders at a tech event and it was a quite a funny story so there's two guys that are part of cg ventures and what they did they were sitting in this event and i was sitting between them and i was speaking to one of them and at the end of the event we was like you know mingling networking so i spoke to one of the person his name is denzel and yeah we just got chatting we swapped like numbers because we want to carry on the conversation quite interesting left him bumped into the other one didn't know they were friends by the way at this point and I started talking to him as well and we was like catching the train the same way because we both live in East London so we was catching a train my other friend was there as well and yeah we started talking and then out of the blue they text no they dm me to to through linkedin asking me for a meeting but then they concealed it as like you know like catching up kind of thing oh yeah we've all done a catch-up but it wasn't yeah, a catch-up exactly so i met him so i met emmanuel and he's like oh yeah let's just grab a coffee just let's chat let's get to know each other build relationship i've never heard of that term before FII is an interview. So when he came, he came with a notebook with set questions. And I was like, okay, just answering the question. He's like, oh, yeah, so what do you do? What's your background? Why are you in the space? What are you looking to do? What's your future aspirations? And I started answering it. And all of a sudden, like, he's like slowly, like, just writing notes, notes, notes. And I was like, is this an interview? Why are you, why are you writing notes about me? He goes, no, 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 it's just a catch up. <laughs> so yeah, I got poached, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, that yeah. happens as that well. Happens, That's the yeah. thing. Cool. So, so you you had that conversation with him, the mm. the not interview interview, mm-hmm. and then how did that then you know bring you into being part of CG Ventures? By the way, CG, what does that stand for? Community Growth Ventures. Nice. Okay. Cool. So Community Growth Ventures. How do we get from the uh, slightly deceiving interview mm. in a coffee shop to being a tech director? So what happened was we sat down again and he started explaining me what he's doing with his co-founder, uh, the founder. And he he wanted me to like join because they were looking for another person to complete the team before it all kicks off. And I was like, okay, cool. So explaining what they do, what's the future, how... How does that look in a span of five years? Because this is a serious thing. And I said, yeah, let's do it. So that's how I got into CG Ventures. <laughs> awesome. So to, to focus just a little bit more on CG, what is the what is the ambition for you guys in, say, like the next two years? We want to invest in unrepresented founders. So what that means, actual money, maybe. 
if they need that if not maybe like depending on what stage they're at that could be maybe they're needing tech bootstrapping so I will help with that or marketing or operational understanding the actual root of a startup because everyone knows most startups don't ever start up they have this lovely journey and then there's a point where there's a cough because again it's only like 99% fail out of that 1% that actually do somehow get the first like round of early investment there's no actual figure of how many becomes like the unicorn because we see the unicorn syndrome and there's no actual figure so what we wanted to do especially because we have access to the unrepresented talent pool because we know how to locate them we can see a pattern and we've been refining that pattern where we know exactly what makes a good start we're able to pull them and then help them with their journey so it's not like you know we pull you in and then just fling you off to a another vessel or like yeah we actually grow with you in the next two years so it's about building a relationship and giving them the best platform to start because I feel like people like me and where we come from we don't have that knowledge we don't have access to that information and when we are lucky enough to say to ourselves okay I want to start a business we really don't know where we're going Mm -hmm. so I want to help young founders you know get the best knowledge and be in the best area like you know being able to do it so you're kind of I guess you're kind of almost positioning yourselves as like a a launch pad like a Mm. a bit of a startup studio accelerator launch pad yeah yeah all in combined so yeah 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 it's like the perfect kickstart for someone who's looking at building a business Mm. yeah okay that's really cool I love ambitions like that I think there is a a lot to be said for supporting people at the very beginning of their business journey. Mm -hmm. And the other powerful thing about that, and you'll know this from what you've been experiencing in the wider community, is that whole idea of building that Mm. community, almost kind of family sort of feel that is there to support you as you're going along that journey. Mm -hmm. And that's a super powerful thing, not just for the business in and of itself, but for the founder. Because mm-hmm. it's a super lonely journey as well. It is starting a lonely a business. journey. Like the people, like we we started this last year, and since last year we had about twenty open dialogue with founders, and we realized the main issue that most founders have is that path at the beginning when they are by themselves mm-hmm. and they're trying to do everything by themselves, and we realized that problem. So the idea is like, okay, you are by yourself. This is your idea. You want to kick this off, yeah. But let us help you. Let us be your team members. Let us build that relationship. And if we click, I promise you, we will get there together. That's really, really lovely sentiment. I love that. I try. (laughs) No, it's good. Thank you. No, you should, you should, you know, like properly like relish that whole thing. That's you just like read off your mission statement. That's really, really, really cool. So. What would your advice be right now for for two slightly different brackets of people? Mm -hmm. If you were to speak to someone who's maybe considering software engineering. Yeah. And secondly, if you were to talk to someone who's considering setting up a business, what would your advice be for them? Okay. So to be a software engineer, 
Shall I define what a software engineer is first? So yeah, yeah, know. definitely. Definitely remind our audience. Yeah, because there's different like terms what you can be called. You can be a developer or you can be a full stack. And most people don't understand this. So when I say to myself, I'm a software engineer, what I classify m- me doing in the world is I see a unknown problem and I know there's an unknown solution. So I try to figure out what the problem is so basing that back to my actual job I sit down with the product owner I figure out what you have understand your users figuring out the pain points and then seeing the problem visually and then writing it down and confirming with the product owner and then deciding okay cool this is the problem and aligning IT infrastructure on top of the problem to fix it so that becomes your solution Again, that journey is difficult and is a not an easy task to do, but it takes time and with practice, you get better. So my advice, if you want to be a software engineer, I would say maybe start from the basic, like, you know, solving little problems at home with your family. If you're able to seek a problem and then able to figure out the solution, that is a vital skill to have in the software engineering world because then later on, you're able to maybe learn different types of code you don't need to be a professional coder but understanding maybe one code language fluently and then if you're able to do that you're able to pick up other code languages but it's not about like you know i want to be a developer i want to just code in python or i want to code in you know ruby it's about okay cool we have a timeline we have a problem we need to figure out this quickly what tools do we have to solve that problem so yeah awesome so if you if you kind of look back when you were at looking reflecting back on what you were studying at ASA level and mm. you know, looking back at kind of computer studies ICT whatever it was called yeah at college at the time what was the the one thing aside from recognizing that you were particularly good at building websites mm-hmm. what was that one thing that really drew you to going back into that study so playing with new technology so what made me go into it is like you know seeing new like inventions and gadgets and you know playing around with different things and you know like debugging it like breaking into a bit and understanding each level that really got me into like you know the IT world yeah I want to build stuff I want to build robots even though I haven't done it yet, but I will. There's still plenty yeah. of time to build robots. I know. Yeah. Good ones, though. Good, yeah, yeah, good ones with, like, nice brains. Exactly. Nice brains. Nice artificial intelligence. <laughs> or brains. Whatever they look like in the future. Let's not go there. It could get a bit Terminator. Yeah. So for, for those that are thinking of start, starting a business, mm-hmm. and I want to kind of narrow this down even further because you... You nicely referred back to, you know, people like me, people that look like me. Mm. So, so very different to people that look like me. Kathy, just to clarify, I'm, I'm holding my hand over my chest now. <laughs> you know, if, if someone like you who is thinking of starting a business, mm-hmm. what is the, the one big piece of advice that you would kind of give to someone who's willing to do it but just doesn't mm-hmm. quite know where to go? Define your problem. That's the biggest advice. Don't start something if it doesn't relate to you because in the startup business i the people that i've spoke to so far it's like yes you want to start a business but then 
over time it's like a relationship you know like in the beginning you have like a honeymoon period you're like yes let's do it let's do it and then it gets to the point where like oh so if you don't have a passion for it if you don't have a drive and you feel like it's not you or you're not solving a problem that relates back to you it can be very difficult yeah yeah that's good I think there's another thing to add on that which I'm going to chuck on because it's something that I see a lot working with startups Mm. you have to have that passion and it's really helpful to recognize that problem as something that you may have experienced on Mm -hmm. but you've got to validate it exactly so you've got to go that next step further which is something that I imagine you would Mm. cover at CG Ventures right it's like cool you've got an idea you found a problem Mm -hmm. you've got a solution that you think is going to work yeah validate it otherwise don't bother yeah yeah totally agree with that cool awesome so if you could look back at say when you were starting uni Mm -hmm. what's one big piece of advice that you wish you had known back when you were say 18 I wish someone told me that there's other routes available so whatever they tell you at uni and they make this assumption like you know yeah you have to get the best grades and you have to work in that corporate environment otherwise you're a failure and that's it it's not you have other routes you can I never knew you could be in a startup I didn't even know what a startup was I thought you could have a business but then with that you need capital and I was like yeah I don't have that (laughs) but then starting it up with no money and able to like you know bootstrap it I I never heard of that concept in my entire life Mm -hmm. going uni and only passing will give you happiness like I always feel like you know if you pass you'd be happy you can like you know get married and you you know your life doesn't end after uni I promise you that (laughs) (laughs) hopefully it's a better start to your life than mine because I had multiple breakdowns but yeah I I hear you when you talk about breakdowns because girl I have been there so many times the previous podcast to this one with with Zillia if you listen back to it we're talking specifically about mental health uh-huh. And using technology and gamification as a way of better understanding anxiety and depression and mm. how it all kind of correlates in your brain. So when you talk about you know breakdowns mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like yeah, that was me at uni, all over, happened yeah. loads, it still happens now. Like, it still happens, and no one talks about it. It's quite scary. Like I thought, yeah, like you know, mental health is something that you look forward to when you're sixty and seventy, not like when you're twenty, and no one talks about it. Yeah. We, yeah. it's it's interesting that there's the the cultural associations of what mental health means we all have mental health mm-hmm. some of us have good mental health some of us had bad mental health yeah but we don't talk about it that mm-hmm. you talk about going to the gym you talk about what you're eating mm-hmm. you talk about what you're doing with your body but you don't necessarily talk about what you're doing with your mind and the mental health stigma has got a yeah. got to disappear but it I think it will mm-hmm. on the on the cultural side of things in the UK we're not great at it we're yeah. getting better but if you look in like in the US mm-hmm. the, the state of mental health out there is not great but people talk about the fact that they have a therapist that's a big thing yeah it's really big thing. whereas here that's still super taboo mm-hmm. so I think it's it's coming but yeah. relating that back to like you know advice as well for startups mm you have to check your mental health like it's a very tough tough place to be if you do, especially like when you're a founder or even like a co-founder or part of a team you need to be strong enough to you know 
be passionate about it but then also validating yourself that you are an expert in that field and you have that right to do what you're doing right now because people come and drag you for it I promise you that and if you don't have that backbone and especially like females so I know you can understand what I'm talking about as a female we naturally yeah when we for example apply for a job we look at the requirements and if we don't hit this requirements we like oh I'm not a software engineer I can't be because I don't know them it's about a learning curve so yeah the, the, yeah. but that's that's interesting so, so talking on the the talent side of things mm. and the silly female brain and the silly <laughs> thing that it does sometimes the uh so emotional well, we just, it's the way we're built apparently yeah oh, we're, we're we're emotive we're empathetic we mm. have all of these things that you know, men also have but mm. we're kind of we attack things in slightly different ways you know some men yeah. are from mars women are from venus whatever but on the the job front that it's interesting the point you raise about the requirements for a job and it was interesting a few weeks ago I was speaking on a panel Mm -hmm. which was talking about how we can get more young people excited about technology because one of the big things that needs to happen right now is to work on the tech talent pipeline because right now there is not enough people training up to fill the jobs that are currently available let Mm -hmm. alone all of the jobs that will be created that currently don't exist in the tech world now one of the big things from an application point of view is that the this research piece that tech city uk did found Mm -hmm. that the tone of a job advert in tech the tone is often quite masculine without realizing Mm -hmm. so there's work that needs to be done on language to make it much more neutral but the other thing that it didn't talk about but we know is that actually you need to cut down the number of job requirements that you put as necessary Mm -hmm. because what you've just given a woman is a checklist and if she doesn't match 90% or 100% of that checklist in her mind she's not qualified but she probably is overqualified already yeah so it's one of the things that needs to be cut down now you briefly mentioned to me earlier before I press record Mm -hmm. that you are also looking at how you can work on the pipeline yeah basically so so tell me more about that what are you hoping to achieve and, and how are you attacking it so what I'm trying to achieve is to increase the pipeline by creating workshops and these workshops are for um, people from a low-income families, people that are aspiring coders and don't have the fun to be, you know, joining a GA or Makers Academy course, which runs about 8K, which is crazy. It's a big investment. I'm trying to do a proof of concept. So what I mean by that is I'm going to run a workshop for two days and I'm going to teach the basic of coding html css and javascript a little bit of javascript we won't go crazy and see if i'm able to make you a coder in two days from like a non-tech background so yeah it's hard but i have different elements and tools up my sleeve that i'm going to try and the idea of it is i'm trying to build a person that wants to get into tech so that is either by startup business or even like just apply a job. So with the talent pipeline, you know, when you're applying for a job, they ask you for experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to boot camp that experience in those two days. So to break it down a little bit, I'm going to teach you about team building. I'm going to teach you about pair programming. How do you work in a team? How do you overcome challenges? I'm going to be teaching you 
how to create an MVP. So the output of it is I'm going to be teaching you how to code and also teaching you how to hack code. When I mean hack, I don't mean hack the government, but you know. <laughs> I like the specification there relating back to that job that you won't tell us about that. I still yeah. think is MI5 and you're secretly James Bond, but okay. No, no. no. But how do you, if you don't know anything, if you don't know how to um, do that line of code, like the syntax, how do you find the answer on Google? By the way, Google's free. Surprisingly, not a lot of people know. They rather buy stuff that people monetize already and shove you the same information where you can just Google that for free. So how do you find that information? How do you unpick that and debug and are able to create an actual product in a very quick, short period of time? So when you do apply for jobs, you're able to say, yes, I have experience. I have experience in team building. I know what Agile means. I know what MVP means. I know how to do version control. I have worked with partners. And you can make that conversation with people and make them believe that you're able to do this job. And yeah, I have a really good tip about job specs, by the way. Okay, let's hear it. So you didn't hear from me. (laughs) (laughs) But you did on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why those job requirements are there is because I had a conversation with a colleague and I'm not going to mention names because I'm going to get dragged for this and it's for you it's for that person the individual that's trying to apply their job is to get them the right pay so when a job description is created apparently it goes through a, a route and it gets checked off but then they have to make that budget so they increase the requirements to get the actual pay that you deserve. But they do not expect you to know everything because they know if they you do, you'll be expensive. See, that's interesting because if, yeah. that, if that is created in order to make an internal decision mm. about the budget needed to hire that person, that's fine. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be public. True, but then people are lazy. Because that yeah. is... No, the, that's, yeah. you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. People are lazy. Yeah, so... <laughs> They've done the jobs description. That got passed. Okay, cool. We need to get that person. They pull it and just put it on the website. And that's it. Yeah. So it's not the, maybe we just take those six or seven lines out that we just put in to make mm. sure that, you know, I don't know, Mary from HR and so, you know, Jane, the CEO went, oh yeah, right, we're paying another 10K. Yeah. Cool. Signed off. Done. Yeah. All right. That's it's interesting. So basically the short lesson is that if you see those requirements and you only tick 40 to 50% of them or even less, just give it a shot. You've got yeah, nothing to lose. Exactly. Yeah. I never accept a no for answer. If they say no, just go to the office. I've done that before. <laughs> okay. That's another story. Yeah, that's another I'm story. not going to open up that kind of worms on the podcast today. With the the kind of the pipeline work that you're looking at and the, the weekend course, mm-hmm. where are you at the moment in terms of that concept and, and developing it all? So I'm collaborating with some people and i will reveal the information soon on my twitter i promise you guys we have the funding we have the venue we have resources in case people because the people that we're trying to target they might not have laptops Mm -hmm. so we have the equipment as well in place and yeah so we're trying to push as quick as possible hopefully it's going to be by july i'm hoping and yeah, so currently I'm just looking for the right type of people to help me with like teaching because I'm trying to do two cohorts. So a group of six, a group of six in two rooms. So I'll be able to te- help teach 12 people in total. Okay, it's very impressive. Yeah. So if people want to stay in the loop for mm-hmm. when you reveal all of this stuff, 
what is your Twitter handle? Where should they go follow you? You should follow me on Twitter, Abby underscore Mohammed. So A B double I underscore M O H A M E D. Yeah. Okay. And if people want to find out more information about CG Ventures, you can either follow the Twitter handle. If you go to my Twitter, you can see the link straight away. If not, if you want a booking session with us, all the information, we do really good blogs, by the way, for anyone that's starting up in, in the tech world, cgventures.co. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining the Geek Girl Meets podcast. It's Thank been you. awesome to talk to you. And I think one of the things that, that strikes me in this conversation is your your absolute inner passion when you're talking about helping people and the pipeline and helping business owners mm. you're you you can't see this but you like literally you sparkle do I yeah you you're like you can oh. see that passion coming across and it's it's you know it's really lovely to hear and I think the mission and the drive mm. and everything that you've got for where you are right now in the tech world is fab short word fab it's just great so thank you very much for coming along and joining us for this week guys as you may know by now i'm obviously recording this in the lovely runway east studio on featherstone street so if you are part of a startup or you just need a hot desk or you need a desk then you should go along to runwayea.st put in geek girl meets and you can get yourself a little sneaky 20 percent off discount from the guys to come down here and check out the space it is awesome there are three locations across london one in shoreditch one on featherstone street literally tucked around the corner and just down the road in moorgate so it's in the hub of the original tech city until next week bye you can follow geek girl on twitter at ggmuk sign up to our newsletter on the website at geekgirlmeetup.co.uk and you can like our facebook page geek girl meetup uk